We're back. Can we just uh, give South Carolina the win for the Orange Bowl? Are, are we able to do that? Because <laughs> they, uh, I mean, hell. They, they they own both these teams. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. It's episode seventeen, and we're here to talk college football again. And by we, I mean AJ and my brother Tyler. What's going on, man? What's up, man? It's uh, it's bowl season. It is bowl so, season. Yes, sir. The best time of the year. Uh, we're going to be talking about the non-playoff Saturday or Saturday six games. The non-playoff <laughs> New York New Year's six games in this one. So teams that didn't quite make it into the playoffs, but they all had, had very solid seasons, and it, we got some good matchups here. Yeah, I think they should uh, rename it. It should no longer be the New Year's Six, and it should be the Saturday Six playoff games. I, I, I think you had that one spot on. Saturday Six playoff games brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Hey, I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, so before we jump into it, though, I just wanted to remind you guys. Um, first, thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate your support. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a follow over on Instagram at Saturday Six Pod. We're also on Twitter. Um, and make sure you like, rate, subscribe, all the good stuff, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, it helps the algorithm, helps us grow, helps us find new people, helps people find us. So um, be sure that you do that. Um, and without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into those New Year's Six non-playoff games. Still a lot on the line for a lot of these schools, a lot of these schools that want to wrap up the season on a high note. So uh, let's start off with... The orangest Orange Bowl of all time. Yes, I'm talking about Tennessee and Clemson facing off Friday, December 30th, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Both of these teams, only two losses on the season. Obviously, we know what happened with Tennessee's season. Um, historic season for them under head coach Josh Heupel. Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Obviously, they lose to Georgia. Um, Hendon Hooker goes down. They end up losing that game to South Carolina late. Um, didn't end the season they want the way they wanted to, but uh, a ten and two campaign is uh, something that they'll be uh, happy with, especially if they can get a win here. And then on the other side, you got Clemson, who has just kind of been a team that's been hard to pick all year. Um, they were really high at points, really low at points. They are the ACC champions, but with losses that just kind of made you scratch their head, your head. But now. It seems like they have finally made the full-time transition from DJ Uyunglele. He's now moved on. He'll be playing at Oregon State next year. And it is the freshman's turn to take over. Cade Klubnik, first career start in the Orange Bowl, going up up against Tennessee and their quarterback, Joe Milton, who took over for Hooker. Uh, This one should be good, man. I I think both of these teams are solid squads. Um, Obviously, some opt-outs on both sides of the ball here, but – they're playing with who they got. They're going to bring their best 11 on each side of the ball. And uh, I think it should be a good game on Friday. What are your initial thoughts when you saw this orange bowl? Yeah, I think this is uh, one of those head coaching matchups that I'm actually really excited to see uh, Dabo Sweeney. And it, it's funny because Clemson, you know, they didn't have a bad season by any means. They're right up there with Tennessee, but I feel like they were so quiet this year. You you didn't hear a whole lot out of them. They weren't really in those primetime spots. Didn't play too many uh, really big games uh, with marquee matchups. Uh, a little bit of that, uh, you know, you, you can attribute to the ACC just not being 
the strongest of the power five conferences, in my opinion. Uh, uh, and then on, on the other hand, you have Hendon hooker out for Tennessee and that's extremely important. Obviously people were talking about him as a, as a Heisman favorite, uh, at for a long time this regular season. Um, and you know, Tennessee's defense, they should be bringing back most players on their defense for this bowl game. Um, so it's interesting to see what their offense will be with the new quarterback. Uh, um, and then Clemson is just interested to see what team shows up week to week. You, you never really know with them. I feel like this season. Right. Um, so I propose that whatever team loses the orangiest orange bowl of all time, uh, <laughs> isn't allowed to wear orange next year. They, they got to come up with another color. They got to okay. wear their secondary color. Yeah. So if Clemson loses, they're they're just purple, and if Tennessee <laughs> loses, their their color is just white. I guess they just have to do whiteouts all season long. No, I like it. Um, yeah, I think uh, obviously two quarterbacks that weren't starting to begin the year. So um, these programs are in different places altogether than where they were to begin the season. But I don't know, man. I'm just really excited to see what this kid Cade, the five star, can do. Um, knowing going into the game, knowing that he's the starter going into the game, knowing that he is the guy going forward for Clemson. I, I think, you know, when you've seen him get uh, a line share of the reps, he's done really well with him. And he's, you almost see this Clemson offense look a little bit more energetic. Like it looks like they, they play a little bit harder for Cade. And I don't know if there's anything to that, but um, I've just seen the games that he's been in that, uh, that offense seems to be operating at a different level that they just weren't under DJ. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to go back here. I know uh, at some point here in my notes, and we spoke about it on the podcast, uh, towards the beginning of the season, actually, we were calling for Kay Klubnik to take over this Clemson offense. Um, and we never really saw it. You know, Dabo likes to stick with his veteran starter and DJ Uyungle. Uh, the guy that had taken them to playoffs and had done really good things for Clemson. Uh, and then they would pull DJ out for a little bit. They would let uh, see what K could do for the second half of a game, see if they could pull out the win with them. It's a whole different ball game when you, you're preparing as the starting quarterback for this game and you're getting all the first team reps uh, in practice. And you just have that mindset knowing that you're going to be that guy. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to, to see what he can do. This guy was a highly touted recruit out of high school. Yeah. Um, he's, he was a five-star uh, quarterback. And uh, so the, I don't think there's any question about his, his ability and his talent here. It's more of a question of, is he ready to be uh, springboarded into that role for a, a bowl game, which is somewhat unusual for, for quarterbacks. Um, so it, it's really interesting to see what they'll do with that. Yeah, and, and on the other side of the ball, it's like Tennessee has looked really good at times on defense, and then at times they've looked like hot garbage. I mean, just the effort that they put on film against South Carolina was just uh, just disrespectful to the program, really. I mean, to allow 63 points to Spencer Rattler and company, it was almost like they sort of just gave up there. So, I mean, they should be motivated in this game. Obviously, you know, you want to win this game if you can, but – um, I've just I've got to see more out of their defense 
um, especially if Cade's going to be out there and, and you know, Dabo's sort of handed him the keys to the offense. Um, on the other side of the ball, that Clemson defense has looked really good at times and then mediocre at times. Like that front seven, I mean, they're probably going to put three guys in the first round this year. When you talk about Miles Murphy and uh, Brian Brzee and Trenton Simpson, they've got dogs on the front seven. But then that secondary is like a little questionable, right? So um, I don't – like – I don't know if if Joe Milton, the, the former Michigan quarterback, is able to uh, get in a rhythm and, and get some confidence going, then I think this could be a really good game. The line is sitting at five, so you got to take Clemson to win this game by five points or more. And I don't know. I think I'm feeling I'm I think I'm feeling that five. If it was a little higher, around six, six and a half, I might take Tennessee. Which way are you, are you leaning? So I got a couple things. First of all, I found my notes. Uh, I don't remember what week this is. We'll have to go back and check the schedule. Okay. Uh, but it was uh, number five Clemson at number twenty-one at the time. Wake Forest. Mm. Uh, so it had to be pretty early. Uh, and my notes specifically say this: Clemson quarterback DJ Uyangale not getting it done. Expect switch to freshman quarterback Kate Klubnik. So yeah, there's that for you. Uh, another little side note. Um, can we just uh, give South Carolina the win for the Orange Bowl? Or are, are we able to do that? Because <laughs> they, uh, I mean, they, they they own both these teams. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's but, a good uh, point. no, I'm I think I'm gonna have to go opposite of you. I think yes, Hendon Hooker was an an exceptional arm talent, and he could do a lot of things with his legs. But I also think that the that the offensive system that Josh Heupel has up there in Knoxville. Uh, is a little bit plug and play where, where you know you can take this backup quarterback who is now practicing light li- like he's the same guy just like yeah. Kate Klubnik is he he knows that he's the guy for this game and he's been preparing like it I think with that system I think it's just enough for Tennessee to cover okay Tennessee Actually, you know what you know what? I'm gonna take the Vols to win out right I'll okay. take them. I, I I think they have it. I think that they have the guys around him to make him really good. Let's not forget, everybody wants to think, yeah, they were really good at slinging the ball and spreading it all over the field. Tennessee is also a very good run t- team as well, and I think that that's going to wear on a Clemson defense where you don't know which Clemson defense you're going to get, and it could yeah. expose them. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on all those points. So you're taking Tennessee plus the five. You like them to win straight up as well. I think I'm going to take Clemson in the five points here. I just think um, I think that offense is going to be in a rhythm. I think Tennessee is going to have a hard time slowing them down. Um, I do expect their defense to put up a better effort than they did against the Gamecocks. But uh, I don't know. I think that Clemson defense has is, is just got a lot to play for here. Um, obviously, they've got guys with uh, NFL dreams, so – you know, it, it'll depend on the motivation factor on that side of the ball. But I'll roll with the Tigers and make that graphic look a little bit different. Um, we're on split sides for the Orange Bowl, the orangest Orange Bowl of all time. Um, unfortunately, South Carolina, South Carolina cannot uh, take home the trophy. Moving on to the Sugar Bowl, you got number five, Alabama. A disappointing season at 10-2, and two, uh, but still, you know, a lot to play for here. And... It's a team that hasn't been in a spot like this before. You got number nine, Kansas State, the Big 12 champion, Wildcats. It knocked off TCU, but they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. This one's going down New Year's Eve at noon on ESPN. 
Um, so you'll have to get up early and uh, turn this game on so that you can watch the entirety of it. But should be a good one, man. Uh, Kansas State, obviously, they're rolling with Will Howard at quarterback, um, obviously replacing Adrian Martinez. And he's looked really good for the Wildcats in the in the games that he started and played in. But I really – I think it comes down to running back Deuce Vaughn. I think you've got to find a way to establish him because if you're one-dimensional or you're playing from behind and Will Howard is sitting back in the pocket with Will Anderson, the other Will, screaming off the edge, pinning his ears back, it could be a long day. Yeah, I think you, you touched on it. Uh perfectly i think with all due respect to kansas state they have had an incredible season they win their their conference uh kudos to them for what they have done but i think because alabama isn't in these playoffs and because they haven't had the season that most people expected an alabama team to have that a lot of people uh think this game can be a little bit closer than it is but i think Alabama's not getting enough credit for who they are and what, what they have done. And the amount of talent that is on this team is ridiculous. Not to mention, it's freaking Nick Saban, man. How many times right. is he going to get embarrassed in a season before, you know, some, something happens? I right. didn't see them losing two games, and they do. Uh, and they had a couple close wins, like the one to Texas to begin in the season. Yeah, I think, I think this is one where – it's just too much of of, um, of a gap in talent here. I think that Will Anderson has a big day. I mean, he's you know probably a, a top three draft pick, if not number one guy going. So uh, this is one of those where I think it gets a little bit out of hand. I think Alabama has a lot to prove that they're still relevant and that they're not going anywhere and that the dynasty is not over. And that's just a little bit too much for Kansas State to keep up with. Um, especially, you know, winning in overtime to TCU. I think, you know, Alabama is just so much better of a team than, uh, than what Kansas state's ready for. Yeah. I think the talent gap is obviously, uh, massive here. And, you know, we, we've seen this line actually, uh, fluctuate a lot from when it first opened. I want to say it was at like minus three Alabama. And that was because it was assumed that quarterback Bryce Young and edge rusher Will Anderson were going to opt out and just go ahead and put their name in the draft. I mean, a lot of people were projecting them to be the number one and the number two pick in the draft. So, you know, it was just a foregone conclusion. Basically, these guys are going to sit out, and so it might be a closer game. But as soon as they decided, hey, we're going to finish out the right way before we go on to the NFL draft, that line jumped. It jumped all the way up to like seven. It's gone down to like six and a half now. But I, I still don't think it's enough. I think Bama's pissed off. I think Nick Saban's pissed off. I think Bryce Young wants to end his career the right way. Um, obviously, missing the playoff, but uh, a Sugar Bowl title will be uh, something that'll um, maybe hurt and maybe lessen the hurt a little bit uh, here at the end of the season. I, I like Bama um, in a blowout, probably two touchdowns or more. I think another thing that can't be discounted here is being in this position so frequently and, yep. and just having that experience for Alabama, they've been there. They've done that. They, they know what's at stake. They know uh, what it's like to play in these types of games. So there's a little bit less jitters, that kind of stuff going on with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that can be discounted here. That, that That's a big boost for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I hear you. 
let's go ahead and move on. With that being said, we've got uh, two more of these non-playoff New Year's Six Bowl games to touch on. Let's head to the Cotton Bowl. This one's uh, got some intrigue around it because you've got the Group of Five champion, the two-lane green wave. They are the American Athletic Conference champions sitting at 11-2. and two. Huge season for them. Head coach Willie Fritz has got them buying in. But they've got a daunting task, man. They've got number 10 USC and Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Caleb Williams to deal with. Now, the Trojans are only two-and-a-half-point favorites. This one is actually um, going down on Monday, January 2nd, 1 o'clock kick- kickoff on ESPN. And uh, there is a little bit of news. There have been some opt-outs on the USC side. Um, they'll be without wide receiver Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, as well as two of their starting offensive linemen, all three of them having put their name, um, entered their name into the NFL draft. So I'm missing some pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Do you think that's enough for Tulane to be able to keep this game interesting? I think it certainly helps. Uh, obviously, in my opinion, Jordan Addison is the best wide receiver in college football right now. Um, so not having him there is a hit. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see the cohesiveness of the offensive line, losing two starters. That's uh, that's two really big pieces, uh, especially when you're talking about being able to protect Caleb Williams here. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, this is another one where, you know, I'll respect Tulane for what they've done. They've they've had a great season. They've they've got some good wins. They win the American Athletic Conference. Congratulations. But I think I mean you're playing you're playing the at least what was voted on as the best player in college football. Yeah. And and you're you're playing a Lincoln Riley team that dude, they're gonna they're gonna run this score up. The question for me is is Tulane does have a very good offense. And that USC defense is a little little suspect, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the big question for me. Can the USC defense um, at least stop them a a little bit? You know, they need to get some stops. They need to put Tulane in some third and longs uh, and force them to punt, maybe force them to kick a field goal when they really needed a touchdown to keep up with this USC offense. I'm definitely expecting a shootout, but yeah, I will take USC to cover this one. I think it's yeah. comfortable. I think uh, they still have just enough talent to do it. I like Lincoln Riley as a head coach. Um, he's done a lot of good things here at USC this year, and that's just going to be the uh, the exclamation point on their season since they weren't able to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's high scoring. Um, I think, obviously, Michael Pratt at quarterback for Tulane, the running back Tajay Spears, if they can, like you said, if they can stay ahead of the chains and uh, keep themselves in this game to where they're not having to play comeback, you know, in the second half, I think that's their recipe for a win. Um, Obviously, Caleb Williams is going to do what Caleb Williams does. I think, like, with the opt-outs in this one, I was honestly expecting this spread to be a little bit bigger, and I don't know that anybody outside of a quarterback being missing affects the spread so much. So that gives me a little bit of pause on this one, just because it's like, we right. We've seen it time and time again, this season, Vegas knows what they're doing. They're not going to put these spreads somewhere dangerous where they're going to lose a bunch of money, but 
I don't know. I just I think it's too much. I think USC wins this one by probably a touchdown, and uh, I'll take them to cover that two and a half pretty easily. So sounds like we're on the same side for the Cotton Bowl as well. Let's go Hang ahead on. and move. Yes, sir. Before we move on to this next game, okay. um, can we schedule New Year's Six Bowls on New Year's, please? <laughs> what is this January 2nd deal? Uh, can we fix the schedule in here or rename it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to make room for the important games, right? We got to have those playoffs at least a week before uh, before the national championship. So might be some uh, some scheduling conflicts there, but... No, it does seem a little bit uh, less important, the fact that you're playing your bowl game after the semifinal game has already been played. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, But enough of you griping. Let's move on. We got a Rose Bowl matchup in Pasadena, California, granddaddy of them all. Number 11, Penn State. I mean, they're rolling, dude. They finished their season 10-2. and But both of those losses are to Ohio State and Michigan, two top four teams. And then they're going to face off against the Pac-12 champions. We're talking about the Utah Utes, who are 10-3. and And it's that Utah squad that is actually favored here, but only by two. So this one uh, is expected to be a good one, at least by Vegas standards. And uh, again, Monday, January 2nd, this one's kicking off at 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. You got uh, two veteran quarterbacks, two really good rushing attacks, two physical defenses. Should be a good game. Yeah, I think this is one of the most evenly matched uh, bowl games that I've seen, uh, at least in this year's slate. The thing for me here is where this game is being played. It's being played in a Pac-12 stadium. It's being played on the West Coast. Uh, Utah has, uh, if not this year, I'm not. Utah did play at UCLA this year, didn't they? Yeah, so they, they, they played, played in the Rose Bowl last year. Yep. So they've played in this stadium. They've got all the experience in this stadium uh, where you have Penn State coming all the way from the East Coast. It's big travel. Yes, they get there about a week early. So they've had some time to settle in. You're not worried about jet lag, that kind of stuff. But uh, just from a comfortability standpoint, I think this is uh, big in favor of Utah. I've, dude, I think Penn State's another one of those teams that kind of got slept on this year a little bit, not because they didn't have an impressive season. There's just so many other impressive teams in their conference with uh, what Michigan and Ohio State were able to do. You had Illinois making a, a little bit of noise here and there. Yeah. Um, no, so, I mean, it's I, like, I, I was just going to say it's like Penn State won the games they were supposed to win and lost the games they were supposed to lose. So there wasn't really like a whole lot that was like out of the norm or something that really got you talking about them this year. Yeah, right. I mean, if they win one more game, whether it be to Ohio State or Michigan, we're talking about a whole different Penn State team here. Yeah, we're talking about facts. a potential playoff team in Penn State. Uh, here so um, they've done really well. I think for me, what it and I'll just, just go ahead and say I'm going to take Utah in this one. And okay. the reason why is I think that they're a little bit more physical of a team. I think that they've just they, they've got this grit to them that I've seen throughout this year, where they're able to will themselves and rally and get these types of wins that uh, maybe they weren't even expected to have um 
and I love that about them, dude. They're, they're, both of these teams are such exciting teams to to watch. Um, but I think with it being on the West Coast, um, and I think Utah is just a little bit more physical. I do expect a low scoring game. I don't think this one's going to get uh, too high up there. I'm looking at at a at a twenties type of game, twenties okay. and teens type of game here. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to take Utah to cover. Okay, I think I'm I'm sitting on the other side of the fence for this one. I um I agree with you. I think Utah uh, is is a very physical team. Uh, I think Penn State's physical as well. I mean, we talk about their running back Singleton. Um, I forget the other cat's name. Um, Allen, Allen and Singleton, the running backs, they've looked really good this year. And I think you know if they're able to establish a run game here. Obviously, we know Sean Clifford. He's a, a glorified game manager. Um, I don't think you can say much more than that about him. But if he's able to do that, if he's able to just manage the game, not turn the ball over, and uh, you know keep them ahead of the chains, uh, I think they've got what it takes. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I expect it to be a good game. I, I also think this one could be a little bit more of a rock fight um, in the 20s, probably. But uh, I like Penn State. I think they could win this one by a field goal and uh and cover that spread well, win straight up actually but i don't know again it's tough like cam rising it seems like in big games he shows up so if utah ends up on the right side of this one um i won't be surprised i will say i want um i believe that their uh star tight end dalton kincaid has already opted out of this game so he's headed to the nfl that could be big you know, that's Rising's go-to guy, especially in the red zone, um, especially on third down. So um, being without Kincaid, if that is the case, if I'm recalling that correctly, um, that could be a huge loss for Utah. But, um, yeah, I, I think good game, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Penn State. I like the Nittany Lions to wrap up really an incredible season. You're talking about 11-2, and two, potential, potentially a Rose Bowl win, and your only losses being the two teams that are – um, in your division, unfortunately, and in the college football playoffs. So that would be huge for them. I think that's it, man. We touched on all four of those non uh, semifinal college football, New Year's Six, Saturday Six, whatever you want to call it, uh, bowl games. So uh, any final thoughts for the people? want to wish everybody a happy New Year. Um, by the time you're listening to this, you'll either already be ringing it in or getting ready to ring it in. So, uh, we wish you all a wonderful 2023. Uh, hope you uh, ha- have a great start to your year. And uh, we'll be back in 2023. We're fully expecting to uh, keep this thing rolling throughout the offseason, maybe bring you guys some news and uh, transfer portal updates and uh, coaching carousel updates and all those sort of things. But um, last words from you, my guy, for the 2022 season um, before we come back and finish up uh, recapping the semifinals and the the championship game that we'll get to in 2023. This has been such a roller coaster of a year for the college football world here. Uh, such an exciting one to see. Like, like you said, we have a lot more coming forward. Uh, we're going to be recapping these games, and then we got a national championship to talk about. So stay tuned. Uh, 2023 is going to be just exciting, and we'll be kicking it off with the national championship game. Absolutely. Appreciate you as always, my guy. AJ, Tyler, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. That's it. Deuces. See you.